I'm Gemma Frith and you're listening to Wolves Weekly, exclusive to Wolves Radio. Mikey Burrow, jo- Mikey Burrow, just one, just one Burrow. <laughs> How many times have we done this? How many times have we worked together? <laughs> Sorry, who are you again? Oh, Gemma Froth is here as well. Gemma Froth, Gemma Froth and Mikey Burrow. Uh, Mikey Burrows joins me as usual today. How are you, Mikey? <laughs> I'm okay, Gemma. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we are into December, which means Advent, so we all get Woo! to have chocolate every morning <laughs> and uh, and building up to Christmas and the festive football season. It's lovely. It does feel very Christmassy now. I've just I've just come into Compton this morning. Um, I'm currently in the room next door to where Bruno Large is going to be doing his press conference later, and there's a lovely Christmas tree in reception now we are fully underway with christmas have you got your tree up yet mikey i I haven't got it yet that is the kind of plan around this weekend to start getting all those decorations up and stuff it also jen means that got to get out all the kind of thermals and (laughs) anything that tries to keep myself warm i even had my heated blanket didn't use it (gasps) the other night against burnley but it was there and ready just in case because Oh, it's getting cold at it's, these games. Yeah, it's coming. There's, I remember some of the colder nights that we had. It, I think it'll get worse. I think in January. Hopefully, these next few won't be too bad. Um, but yeah, it was. It was still a chilly night on Wednesday um, for Burnley. We've actually had two matches since we last spoke, um, which both have ended in nil-nil draws. Um, what did you make of our performance against Burnley on, on Wednesday, Mikey? Uh, I think it it wasn't necessarily a bad performance. There is a probably an underlying thing, and we talked about it a lot. Uh, people would have heard us talk on Match Day Live Extra, the post-match with Chris Ouellamo and Andy Thompson that's available on Wolves Radio if you've not heard it, about that element of the, the decision-making in the final third. Mm. Because it was quite evident that after the first maybe, what, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, Burnley kind of decided they weren't going to come out and attack very much anymore because Adama Traore was causing them so many problems. Yeah. And so they went back into that kind of organised defensive shape that we know, Jem, over the last year, over the last couple of years, is a real problem for Wolves. There was always a record under Nuno that I think it was 12 or 13 matches where we'd had more than 60% possession and we hadn't won those games. Yeah. So we know that the players we have find it hard to break down teams who are rigid defensively and don't leave much gaps. And it kind of then played out that way for the rest of the game. We got into good areas. Uh, Yes, decision-making wasn't the best at times, but you've got to give credit to Burnley and the way they defended. Mm -hmm. We we were, what, millimetres away from Adama Traore giving us the lead in the first half. I I don't (laughs) think he can do much more. I know... There's a big debate. Actually, interested in your view on this because mm. I know there's been a lot of debate about whether he should have passed to Raul. Yeah, Jimenez. I was going to ask you the same. Well, I I don't know what yeah. you think personally. I kind of think well, I, I I don't blame him for doing what he did. No, yeah, I, I I feel the same. I think it's it's a difficult situation because if that, as you said, millimeters, if that had if that had gone in, it'd be a totally different story, and nobody would be saying, oh, we should have passed to Raul. You know, I think I think it was it was unlucky. It's it's easy to say in hindsight. Okay, well. You know, he should have passed Raul, and but then I think in in the chances following that he did pass Raul, and, and it didn't work out. So it's it's just it's just one of those things. And I think we were we were so close to seeing a fantastic Adama Traore goal. Then you've got you've got a feel for him. I think um, there's so many times that he's hit the 
would work or I mean that goal he had against Leeds when it went off the back of the goalkeeper it's 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 so tough for him because he does so much and he was causing Burnley so many problems but a lot of the time he then doesn't get those goals at the end of it so I do feel for him but I think it, you know it, it it will come and they're going to keep working on it and and that decision making process and, and figuring out what what's best for them moving forward. The difficulty with that with that attack really is is that Adama Traore is so fast so they're in a situation whereby when he initially gets it and the, and the point when the defender is closest to him, when it's best to play it to Raul, Raul is not actually up alongside him. He can't mm. be because Adama is so fast. He, he's a good 10 yards <laughs> yeah. ahead. So he's then having to wait. And by the time he's waiting, the defender moves across. So if he then played it, Raul is on his left foot, arguably his weaker foot. I'm not mm-hmm. saying Raul has a weaker foot, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of fair enough to say, I would imagine. And the defender can get across, whereas Adama we know is quick enough. He just mm-hmm. knocks it out. Defender's mm-hmm. not going to get there. And he is millimetres away from doing what he did at Fulham away yeah. last season. Do you remember blasting I it do, into yeah, that near that top corner? <laughs> so, you know, and uh, there is probably a moment when he knocks it past the defender when he could have maybe then squared it and mm-hmm. Raul is then up alongside him. But listen, you know, you, you, you're pulling hairs on this one. You're splitting yeah, hairs. Yeah. It, 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 was un, it was so unlucky. And that's not the reason why Wolves didn't win the game. Mm-hmm. Wolves didn't win the game because consistently in the second half, they got into good areas and they didn't make the right decisions and Burnley were able to defend and see the game out. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it was frustrating and it was frustrating at Norwich for different reasons because yeah. I, I thought Norwich actually probably should have beaten us last weekend. They played very well, yeah. Yeah, they had the opportunities too. So it was an improved performance, still the same result, but... I, I walked away, Gem, and again, I'm interested in your thoughts because you've been at a lot of the games and you're at a lot of them when there wasn't fans and it gives you a slightly different feeling, as we've always said. But yeah. I kind of felt like we would have lost that game last season. Burnley would have scored and it, and we would have gone on to lose. We're getting points now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think... The, I mean, Molyneux is always loud. It's always an incredible atmosphere at Molyneux, but I find particularly on night games. And I think that um, the, the crowd gave the players an extra boost. I mean, they said in the post-match interview, Adama said that they are the 12th player, you know, they're the 12th man on the pitch. They are there supporting them and, and, and then really pushing them on. And I think I think you're right. I think we are a different team when we've got um, a crowd in compared to compared to last season. I mean, Bruno says he's happy to get, he wants points. So he's 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 not necessarily happy with just one point, but, you know, we didn't lose. Um, and that's not necessarily the um, what we should be thinking as we go into every match. But it's it's still a point. We um, were only just knocked into seventh by Spurs yesterday. So we're still holding a, a good position in the table at the moment, going into some, some difficult matches that are going to be coming up this month. Um, and we'll just have to see what happens in these, in these coming matches. I mean, do you think that we're going to see Adama start again on Saturday? Because he hasn't started in the last few matches, but just put in such a fantastic performance on Wednesday that... Um, do you think we'll see him again on Saturday? Well, we saw Trincao at Norwich and obviously Daniel Prentz had the shirt beforehand mm-hmm. before, uh, unfortunately, he's been missing for the last couple of games. So uh, it's a real interesting debate as to who takes that role. The question may be coming in that um, He Chan Wang didn't have his greatest game uh, against Burnley. Mm-hmm. He's still effective and he still does the job and... And he's still a really interesting player because I, you know, I'm personally a massive fan because I think he is almost a direct replacement for Jota that we've been crying out for. <laughs> but I, I think there is starting to be more of a question as to whether he is absolutely guaranteed to start on that side mm-hmm. and whether Bruno might think, can I play Adama and Trincao mm, yeah, either side 
uh, of Raul because you know and that's a, that's an interesting debate I'm not sure he will because I think Wang offers you a little bit more defensively his work rate is unreal but it's about you know listen I know fans hate this term because the old manager <laughs> used it a lot but it's about finding solutions right <laughs> yeah you know that that's that's all it is about trying to find a way. You know, will he go with a three-man midfield against Liverpool? Mm. You know, it's possible with Neves coming back. I don't think Dendonka did much wrong the other night, so you know he could go with a different type of formation, and that means then it's maybe one of Adama or Huang up top with Raúl mm-hmm. to try and do something different that Liverpool won't be expecting. Thing is, Jem, you know full well we tend to play pretty well against the, the bigger teams. Yes. And Liverpool will come and they will press and they will leave gaps. And if they are leaving gaps, that suggests a Dharma. But then Trincao did really well against Man United and Spurs in similar circumstances early in the season. So I'm not Bruno. I don't pick the team. <laughs> I'm glad I don't because there's yeah. some really interesting decisions. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one to call. I mean, you've said yourself before, there are, there are no easy games in the Premier League, but Liverpool in particular are going to be a, a tough opponent. Um, and it's a quick turnaround as well. I mean, just three days to prepare. It's, not, well, it's now tomorrow for us. So um, it's been well, pretty much three games in the space of seven days. So um, it's, it's a quick turnaround, tough opponent. What do you think we can expect from Saturday? Uh, I think, you know, obviously Liverpool are, are one of those three teams who have been running away with it at the top. I mean, I was just looking at the table down here, Gem, and it's, I mean, I know we kind of slipped down, um, but we're kind of still, we're what, three points off the top four, mm. but then 10 points off the top three. And so there are three elite teams in the yeah. Premier League this season, and we are facing two of them in the next couple of games. But, yeah, well, yeah, all three of them before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks for making it feel even Sorry. worse and scarier. Um, but I think, like, you know, l- listen, we've given Liverpool some real good games over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. We've got memories of uh, a, a game at Molyneux under the lights, Gem, where uh, we pushed Liverpool in their championship season, their title-winning season, to the limit and it needed a late goal from Firmino for Liverpool to win the game at Molyneux. Raul Jimenez and Traore linked up to one of the best goals, one of the best counter-attacking goals you'll see where Traore ran down the right from a Jimenez pass and then crossed it and Jimenez heads it in from about 14, 15 yards out. It was brilliant and the place just erupted. So, (laughs) and as I said, like Wolves have a funny thing and a lot of teams, they're not alone in this. But when you play against the bigger teams, it's a different game. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be like it was against Norwich and Burnley. And with the electric atmosphere and with players running at them and creating chances, fingers crossed we can take some on Saturday. But if they do, I think they'll give Liverpool a really good game. I genuinely do. Yeah, I have to say, I'm, I am looking forward to it. And as you said, we've got a Saturday, 3 p.m., Facing Liverpool, it's going to be a really exciting day and hopefully a really, really big energetic crowd um, that will see them through the match. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how that one goes. But before Saturday, we've actually got the under-23s in action as well, haven't we, this evening at Fulham, Mikey? Um, They had a tough game on Monday. Um, How have they been getting on in the last few matches? Yeah, it's a funny one because if you only see, if you don't see the game and you only see the result and you think they were beaten 5-0 at home by Norwich, it looks bad. Yes, it was bad in terms of the result. 
But actually, they didn't play that badly. They had some decent opportunities in the game. And if they took their opportunities, and I know this is a theme that goes from the first team all the way through, really. If they took their opportunities, it probably could have been 5-5. They arguably should have had a penalty. In my view, definitely should have had a penalty at the start of the second half when it was only 2-0. Just before uh, Norwich scored, and they scored two in a minute in the first half. Wolves had the two best chances of the game so far. One was a really good stop, and then the other was a header that just went wide from the resulting set piece. So it's that like, that fine margin, that kind of step where if one of those chances goes in, Wolves go on and win the game. Yeah. All of a sudden, two minutes later, they were 2-0 down, and they're up against it. And credit to Norwich. They took their opportunities when they came. They were clinical. They're a good side. They've got some good young players. They're a little bit older than Wolves. The problem for Wolves, Jem is that they've had so many games to play. Mm. So we were at Swansea last Thursday. Last time we, we did a Wolves Weekly, I was on my way down to Swansea. Yes, you were. <laughs> then the game on Monday. Obviously, they got players involved with the first team on Saturday and Wednesday. Then they're mm. playing Fulham on Friday. They're, they're trying to squeeze all this in, and they're trying to utilise the players they have and not burn the players out. And then they've got injuries and whatnot on top of that. So it, it's not like it's the, the first choice under 23 team that goes out every game. There are players developing, they are learning their craft, mm -hmm. and they have to learn. And unfortunately, losing like that in front of actually a crowd gem that were giving them a bit of stick at times. Oh, no. I mean, that's not nice, but it's a learning experience. Yeah, it's massive for their development. Yeah, and, the, you know, they need to, I mean, look, Fulham are top of the table in Premier League too, which... It doesn't mean a huge amount at this stage because everything changes after January when lots of teams send players out on loan and it completely kind of goes through and, and it's different sides pretty much for the second half of the season. Mm -hmm. But it's a very difficult test. And we don't know how many players are going to be involved for the first team squad this weekend. Obviously, Hugo Bueno, Chem Campbell, Luke Cundall, Louis Molden yes. were all involved on Wednesday on the bench. So, you know, that's a, a huge chunk of players to come out. Sometimes Louis Molden plays because he's the goalkeeper and third choice on Saturday, so he just goes there anyway. But it'd be interesting to see how many are, are kind of taken out and protected for use by Bruno, which, of course, will be <laughs> mitigating if result doesn't go our way on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, that's actually an interesting question that I was, I was going to ask you. Is that, do you think that any of his under-23s that we are, are seeing appearing on the bench, do you think they're going to get their debut anytime soon? Is there anyone that you've got your eye on and think might get called up? Well, listen, Luke Cundall gets the, the, the conversation from everybody at the minute. I'm sure you've been there when Bruno and others yes. have been talking about. Actually, I'm quite keen to get your view on this because you're in the, you're, I mean, you're there right now at the training ground and you see it day to day. The word that's kind of been spoken about is that he's kind of been accepted as one of that group now. I don't know what that's like kind of seeing him around the place. Yeah, a number of the under-23s train with the um, first team, including Luke Cundall, Chem Campbell as well, Louis Molden, of course. So they've become part of that regular first team training group now. They've, that's been the way for most of this season. So um, they are fully integrated, really, at the training ground. It's just now waiting for, for that debut appearance, really. And um, I, yeah, I'm really hoping it will come at some point for Luke. I know you've spoken about him a lot over the over the past year that we've that we've been doing this so it'll be great to see him get his get his chance to, to come on and play with the first team he's a different type of midfielder than what we kind of currently have in the first team I mean he's maybe a little bit Jean Martino-esque that's how mm -hmm. they used to talk about him 
in the last couple of years, uh, but maybe Jean Martino at the start of his career, where you know Luke is really keen to run beyond the last defender and get in and score some goals. He scored a beauty away at Birmingham a couple of Friday nights ago, and then he scored a penalty against Swansea last week. So he's confident, he's bubbling, he's clearly too good for under-23 level now. What the future holds for him, whether he becomes like a Max Kilman, where he just becomes part of the first team mm-hmm. squad and he's there as part of the fabric or whether he follows the route that others have taken in going out on loan yeah. that's up for the the bosses to decide but I think he is ready for an opportunity Chem Campbell is a different kind of case he had his chance uh, in the League Cup when he became the second youngest player for the club ever a couple of years ago he's had a difficult spell since then he's not been as consistent as Luke but he does have talent and with Pedence uh, not available last couple of games, there might be an opportunity for Chem to come in and show what he can do. But longer term, if Pedro's coming back in the next couple of months, mm-hmm. maybe it's lesser for Chem. Uh, Louis Molden's a great goalkeeper, by the way, but there are clearly two very good ahead of him. Uh, Hugo Bueno's an interesting case because he's been at, he played a lot in pre-season, Gem. You'll remember, you were out there and, yes, and saw yeah. him training in Marbella. And he got injured at Coventry and hasn't been seen until the last couple of weeks when he's made his return. And he's he's of the right frame now. I, I remember talking to you about this last year with Christian Marquez and Nigel Lonvay. Yes. There is a point <laughs> there is a point when under twenty three players physically develop to become they look like professional footballers all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Some of them still look relatively slight, but Hugo looks like he's got to that stage and I, you know, listen, Ryan Aignori has been in fantastic form. Um, but if he was called upon, I think Hugo would be okay. Hmm. So, uh, you know, I like Hugo. I really do. Whether it's a long-term thing in the first team, I'm not so sure on that. But if we needed him, I'd, I'd be okay with him getting in there. Interesting. Okay, we'll have to keep an keep an eye out and, and see what happens over the over the coming weeks and months. And um, fingers crossed for Fulham as well this evening. Um, it's going to be a tough match, but um, let us know how they get on, Mikey. Um, but that is everything for this week. So I will um, let you prepare for the Fulham game tonight. And if anyone has any questions, you can of course reach out to us on Twitter as usual at Jem Frith and at Mikey Burrows. And we will see you after the Liverpool game on Saturday. <laughs> 